everyone. Welcome back to this episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, we've got two, not one, but two special guests, Kimmy Wen and Bill Gooting, who are Zooming in. They are multifamily syndicators. They've been in the business for a long time. And today, we're going to take a look at the big R. What does R stand for? Recession. I this thought it's something... rest. <laughs> This is something that's in a, on top of a lot of people's minds. We hear it all the time in the news and everybody is freaked out or a lot of people are freaked out about this. So we want to try and unwrap it a little bit and see where the opportunities may lie, especially when it comes to multifamily investing during a recession. So Bill and Kimmy, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, man. We're Hi excited there. to be here. I didn't know we were going to talk about recession, but we're excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing like walking the high wire without a without a rope, without we're a net, good. We're good. without the, the big long thing either. Yes. So anyhow, you guys walk me through a little bit about your thoughts. Are we going into a recession? And if so, what can we do about it? And where are the big plays? Where are the, the big benefits of being in a recession when it comes to real estate investing? Well, you want to take a crack at that, Kimmy P, or you want me to get going? Well, you know, I think a lot of sentiment, investor sentiment are we are in a recession, but according to the U.S. data, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> so, but, but we're heading down that path. Is that, is that what they're foreseeing? Well, you know, got to say no. But... <laughs> you know, when more people believe we are than we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are starting to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, I think you can actually make a case for both sides, you know, so we try and look at both perspectives. You can make a strong case for housing will crash this year, but you can also make just as strong a case for housing won't crash. So it just leads to more confusion. So yeah. we're not here to profess that we have any answers, <laughs> but we do have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we That's all, all it a, is. Well, hey, that's you a disclaimer. It, it, it reminds me, Bill, it reminds <laughs> yeah. me at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I'm up here in Canada and the, the pandemic shut us down or we we shut ourselves down because of the pandemic. And there was a lot of fear around what was going to happen with the economy then. And I, I did a an online webinar and I believe I had 18 real estate experts on the call. It was like the COVID plan or something like COVID-19 plan, whatever it was. And out of those 18 people, 17 predicted that the real estate was going to crash. Really? Throughout the wow. pandemic. Oh, yeah. 17 out of 18. And I'd like to say I was a smart guy that didn't predict that. But no, I was in with everybody. <laughs> hey, no, nobody's working. Yeah. Nobody's everything's shutting down. Every, you know, who's going to buy houses? All this kind of stuff. And the exact opposite happened. It almost kind of, I don't know if it's a similar situation, but sometimes it's so hard to have that crystal ball. <laughs> so anyhow, what's your opinion? What do you think? Okay. So on the side of housing, I did jot down some notes. Why housing will crash? I mean, there's some compelling reasons. Inventory is growing. Interest rates are gyrating upwards mainly, right? That I think has put a stop into the market. But what Kimmy said earlier there, the one big thing that sticks out for me that I think is a strong case for why housing has downward momentum, the whole home buyer sentiment. I think it was I think it was a Fannie Mae study. 79% of respondents say it's a bad time to buy a home right now. 79%. Mm -hmm. Even though we're not officially in recession, 
I mean, if you've got that type of negative sentiment, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, for sure. yeah. Right. So I'm concerned about that number. And then you look at increase in price reductions, real estate companies starting to layoffs. Those are strong, compelling reasons, right? But then you look at the other side. And man, I'm, you know, at the core, economics is all about supply and demand. Okay. And when you look at supply and demand, you still, still, all with all this recession talk, you're still looking at housing inventory at record lows. Yeah. I think, I think just <laughs> as short as a few months ago, it was what? What was it? Can it be two months? Two months worth of supply? Well, once upon a time, it was like one month. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so where where should it be normally, if there is any such thing as normal? Where three I months? Think, of supply? I think opinions differ. I mean, in a normal neutral market, you're looking at six, 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 six to nine months, and then you look at what Fannie Mae did another study on housing supply. In 2018, we had a short. They pegged that we had a shortage of 2.5 million units. Two years later, in the thick of COVID, that increases to 3.8 million. And I think it's even higher than that now. So we're way out of balance in terms of entry-level housing. Okay, so when you look at just bare bones, supply and demand, it's like, how the hell the heck does housing crash? Yeah. You know, foreclosure starts at historical lows. So, I mean, those are, to me, just as compelling a reason on why housing won't crash. Okay, but there are some X factors. <clears throat> Okay, what are the there X are factors? some X factors? Well, can you think of any X factors, Kimmy? Well, you know, well, you know, we have this Ukraine-Russia war, which is already happening. We have the tension between the United States and China with Taiwan. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a bit. X, X we, we have the, the tension between the Republicans and the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't even need to look abroad. We have all that going on. But we are tracking that pretty closely. That seems to be like a potential black swan event because, man, if you think we're having supply chain disruption now, upward pressure on interest rates now, and inflation now, my goodness, man, China is our number three trading partner. And they're like over 100 trading partners, like their largest trading partners around the world. So that is, has potential for massive disruption. Yeah. Okay. That's one, that's an X factor that I call it X factor because it's something none of us control. Okay. Another X factor is what if he's threatening, I don't know if he'll follow through, but I'm talking about the Fed chief, Jerome Powell. Mm. What if he becomes Paul Volcker reincarnated? I don't know if you guys remember Paul Volcker. Okay, but he was the Fed chief in the early late 70s, early 80s, cigar chomping chief of the Federal Reserve who jacked up to fight inflation. He jacked up. In, do you I don't know if you guys remember what mortgage rates were. Yeah. 18, 20 percent. Yeah, I remember that. My mom had a bunch of them at that time. <laughs> think, yeah. think about that, man. It's like we're we're moaning now about five, six, seven percent. But can you imagine double digits, 15 to 20, maybe even higher? Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's stunted the, so if some of those things happen, okay, all bits are off. Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's ran out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming investor attraction workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions 
of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at investorattractionworkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at investorattractionworkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Okay. So where's the play if we do go into a recession? What are your thoughts about opportunities in the single family home space, as well as let's say multifamily, because I know you guys are, are syndicators. Yeah. I would say you need to get your sack ready because everything is on sale. Yes. <laughs> That's our message. Our get, message. Get, get the big sack of money ready yes. to go. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. How about get your, your truck and back it up ready to go yeah. <laughs> get them. Yeah. yeah. That's our message. Our message is not to be Debbie Downers. I mean, because the way we see recession is like, you know, what's funny to us is like when people hear recession, when we talk recession, potential depression, people get fearful. But what we try to do is get people to reframe when you see recession or even depression, don't see recession, see opportunity, clearance. see clearance sale. Mm-hmm. Everything is everyone, everywhere else, everyone runs to a sale. But when it comes to when, when real estate is on sale, we tend to run away from it. Yeah. It's a weird, weird phenomenon to me. Well, I, I mean, it's it's the difference between the professional investor and the pastime investor, right? Pastime investor buys on emotion. Everybody's getting in the market. Things are bubbling along. They buy at the peak. They freak out. They sell at the low. Real estate doesn't work. They lost their shirt, blah, 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 right? Versus the professionals, as, as you guys are pointing out, look at this as a massive potential opportunity. Now, where do you see opportunities with multifamily? Well, let me I'll give you an example. You you started off talking about, you know, gathering 18 investors, right? And everyone had a negative spin. They thought there was going to be a crash. Well, we were buying. We oh, no, think- these guys they were looking at it as an opportunity, but okay, uh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, so a couple opportunities came up like in the thick, right? When the pandemic hit, we bought a 300 plus unit apartment complex and we were able to buy that $2 million below the previous contracted price. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then later on, a few months later, here's another, I think recessions bring this type of opportunity as well. Okay. And we haven't seen it in the last decade plus, but seller financing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you remember the flash crash of 2020, when everyone got fearful, okay. Financing dried up for about three months. Okay. And we were like, a week or two away from closing on a $7 million deal. The financing basically froze on us. Okay. But, but the seller was more fearful than it, than anybody else. So he was willing, he was motivated. He was willing to work with us. And so guess what? We put together a master lease option. Uh Close the deal. So seller financing, lease options, master lease options become available, not just in multifamily, but all amongst all asset classes. So I think those are some of the types of opportunities that become more prevalent and available in a downturn. Okay. Creative, so, creative deals. Creative exactly. Deals. Right. Creative because the banks deals. are puckering up and, you know, sellers still need to sell. So they have to do it creatively. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's also, you know, I think Kimi would agree with this, right? The whole ability to raise capital, aggregate capital is probably one of the most valuable skills that you can develop right now. Well, then let's talk about that just for a second, you guys. So again, if the general public is freaking out and talking about recession 
and thinking that they need to hoard their cash and save, 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 and all that kind of stuff. How do you enlighten people about the opportunities in real estate for investing in a time like this when so many people are nervous? I think Kimmy P tells stories, <laughs> right? It's like, what would you say, Kimmy? Well, the truth is, it is harder to raise money when we are in a downturn because, just like you said, everybody is freaked out. Everybody want to hoard the cash. But the reality is, you educate, you share a lot of stories about, you know, we know a lot of people who made millions in the financial crisis when you know the right timing to go in. Like, I think one of our business partners in the financial crisis, he actually came out with what is it about $50 million, 500 units. So really we just share a lot of stories and share, you know, even for me personally in the pandemic time, uh, not pandemic, oh, the financial crisis, I bought something for 125. Now you look at it, it's almost $400,000. It went up three times more. Yeah. Right. Now, and it, you might've overpaid a little bit at that time. Yes. Possibly, yes. right? Oh, yes. Because there was unquote. a lot of competition at yeah. that time. Yeah. yeah. However, but if you look at fast forward, if you never made that purchase, you never have doubled your money or if you hold it yeah. long term. Yeah, yeah. You hold it long term. So anyway, so I would, I share a lot of stories. I go in and just show what the value was, what I, five years later, what the value would have been if you actually start acquiring. And then, you know, a lot of people, when that opportunity comes by, they said, I should have, could have, would. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Should have, could have, would have, yeah. Yeah, but then here you are. Here's an example. You don't have to say you should have, could have, would. It's here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's great. That's a great example. And then also, you know, you can point to multifamily as being one of the best recession-resistant asset classes yeah. out there because when times are booming, you got a whole influx of new people coming into the area who need somewhere to live that's affordable, then you've got it. When times suck, unfortunately, people are losing their homes. They're downsizing. They still need somewhere to live that's affordable. And guess mm -hmm. what you got, right? So yeah. that's one of the beautiful things about multifamily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, bottom line, we tell a lot of stories and man, it's and educate. I think mm -hmm. I think you do a lot of that as well. Just educate, give people a comparison. This is what you could have. I mean, they don't even have to be your properties. You can <laughs> you can give people references on any property. Right. It's like so, educate and get people to realize that this is what the smart money does during downturns. Right. They don't wait to buy yeah, real estate. Wait. They buy real estate and wait, which is exactly. such a great you know thing to to point out to people. And especially with long-term strategies, right? Exactly. It's more of a challenge if you're doing a flip or yeah. something like that. But if you're doing yeah. long-term buy and hold yeah. with virtually anything, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And if you've got some favorable stats that you can show, so we're big into education, as I know you are too, Dave. So like, because we're multifamily guys, we're a little bit biased. But one of the things that we really display and like to, to educate our folks on is how multifamily has performed. Mm -hmm. over the last actually you can look that you can go back as far as you want but one one number that sticks out for us is the serious delinquency rate for multifamily right so during the great recession it spiked a little bit for for single family okay up to close to 10% which led to the highest number of foreclosures in our history mm -hmm. and at the same time at the height of the great recession the serious delinquency rate for commercial multifamily less than 1% yeah that exactly. sounds pretty recession resistant to me. It does. Yeah. You guys, this is a lot of fun. We can chat for a long time, but this is a <laughs> short podcast. 
There you go. So if people want to find out more about you and Kimmy, where should they go? You know, we have a podcast as well. So I guess that might be the best way. Give me some more.info. Give me is spelled G-I-M-M-E. Some more.info. Perfect. Well, we'll yeah. put that in the show notes as well so they can check out your podcast. What's your podcast primarily about? Talking to stars and rising stars of the real estate investing game. Like you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing your opinions, your insights, your experience. I appreciate it very much. And so do the listeners. Awesome, man. Thanks. All right, everybody. All right. Take care. Talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.